0: This is Tony Ruggiero, and you're listening to the Tour Coach Podcast. Just like we've been doing for the last couple years here on the Tour Coach, I'm going to be bringing you lots of chats, interviews, roundtable discussions on what we do, how we do it, from players to coaches to caddies, students All of this comes from my travels that are on tour or to Old Palm or from here in Mobile or wherever it is I go around this country, around the world, teaching and coaching at the game of golf that I love. So hopefully, if you listen, you're going to like what you hear. There's, There's lots and lots of info and content coming your way that I think are going to help all of you understand and play the game even better or or coach the game we've got so many coaches that listen to this tour coach podcast so appreciate all of you that have gone along with me on this journey for the tour coach i didn't necessarily know where i was going with it when i started this when the do sweepers radio show ended on xm serious but i can tell you that has given me so much freedom and creativity to be able to talk a little more and a little more in depth and bring all of you a behind-the-scenes, inside-the-ropes look at what me and my team do and the people that we associate with it and how you can use us as a resource to help you get better at the game of golf. Look, and if you like what you hear on the Tour Coach, also make sure you check out our Pro Work video series, which is available for you on YouTube and my YouTube channel. If you just go on YouTube and type in Pro Work It'll pull up the episodes that are out there. Some really, really great stuff that takes you behind the scenes and inside the ropes. And before I let you go to the tour coach, special thanks to my sponsors that have all been with me for such a long time. on Golf, been with them over 20 years. Can't find anybody better in the equipment side of the world. Bushnell Golf, such a big part of what we're doing with Pro Work and what I do day to day, especially with the Launch Pro. Vineyard Vines, Ian and Shep, Amber and the folks there. Always keep me looking great. We've been such great partners for a good long time. And lastly, McConnell Automotive uh, here in Mobile, Alabama. Mitch McConnell and the gang. There's nobody that has supported me longer. I mean, they're unbelievable. And the folks at Buick GMC for supporting the Dew Sweepers Radio Show as well as the tour coach and as well as pro work. So check out McConnell automotive and Buick GMC. And lastly, our, my friend Blaine Stokely and Stokely's Midtown garden express here in mobile. Those folks keep the dew sweepers and keep the pro work and the tour coach and all of our content alive and well for all of you that love the game and want to learn. Enjoy the tour coach podcast, which is coming your way right now. All right. So sitting here with me, this is the last tour coach of 2023. Them. um we might as well end it with my with my fave all year my boy justin parsons J ball as i refer to him affectionately over at sea island uh one of the very best around good friend J ball what is up we're
1: doing okay I'm, I'm i'm honored the last one of the year
0: yeah um, yeah save the do, best do, for last well,
1: well, I don't know about that, but you've done some really good, good stuff this year. I've, I've enjoyed listening to, uh, listening to a lot of it. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, honored to be on.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, the we have gotten. You, it was obviously mostly you, but uh, the golf coach development one and the one we put out here with Butch, uh, still getting people posting that on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Uh, obviously, appreciate you lining that up and hopefully we get him on for some more questions with these young teachers, but that was, that was something special. And and that was an all-star, uh, that was an, that was an all-star episode there. Well, it was,
1: it was a team effort. I mean, it's, it's so cool to have, you know, have be able to call him a a mentor and a -hmm. a friend. And, um, I think that, you know, it's been one of the highlights for me, I guess, as you get a wee bit older, um, being able to put something together for younger teachers Mm -hmm. to take a, a listen to, or a look at, and they can, you know, draw some ideas and, um, take some of ideas if they need to, and to throw some away as well, if they need to. And, you know, hopefully you and I can continue to continue to add layers to that and, uh, and keep helping.
0: I've said this to you. I, I think one of the other times we were talking, I, that golf coach development and that mentoring thing <clears throat> has really become over the last year or so, one of my favorite things to be part of. I really, really have enjoyed, um, you know, kind of doing that and it's been fun and, and getting to know some of those young coaches and, and then watching, you know, watching some of them, I kind of follow some of them through social media and you hear from some of them via email and stuff. It's, uh, you know, even had a few call, uh, you know, pick a brain about what to do job wise and different situations. So it's, uh, that's been a pretty cool experience really, you know, that, that, uh, we came up with a few years back and, uh, I think it's a cool deal.
1: Yeah, and for like you and I, you know, and, and as much uh, as we may have done some of the right things, we've probably also done some stupid things. So hopefully we're in a, I'm still a position where, yeah, <laughs> hopefully we're in a position where we can give them the uh, the right guidance from both ends of the spectrum. But no, I agree with you. It's, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. I, I always think back to, you know, having the opportunity to go out to Dubai and work for Wayne Johnson and Wayne had worked for Butch, mm-hmm. um, learn from Claude and, and learn from Butch and learn from a lot of the people within even. You know the Truene Golf Organization, and um, you know, and different different people I had access to, and you know, I was very fortunate, kind of landing a role there and being able to kind of grow and develop, and then you know, the same sort of thing with the guys at Sea Island, the Jack Lumpkin, a lot of great mm-hmm. teachers there, and fitness people and what have you. So, um, you know, it's harder that there's more there's there's probably more people in a in a in a more convoluted space in golf instruction. So, you just probably try and keep uh keep letting people get a bit of a leg up along the way.
0: So let's talk about this year. You've had a heck of a year. Um, it's been fun watching as somebody that pulls for you. And, and we talk from time to time, a little bit about stuff that's going on. Um, just going to kind of go so kind of want to go through some, you know, how do you handle the off season? I mean, not that we have as much of one as we would probably enjoy, um, or like, but, uh, from, you know, obviously it's easy to follow guys, I guess, nowadays with Instagram and stuff like that. You kind of see snippets of day to day, but uh, take us through your thoughts going into this off season and some of the approaches and some of the things that you've done with your players coming off the season. Obviously we start, you know, first of all, we haven't had you on just you since the open championship, but congratulations, obviously. And what a great accomplishment with harm and, and, and winning his first major and and uh, being part of that, uh, where where the hell do you go from here with that?
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I think you get to the end of every year, and I, we we talked about this um, at the back end of of twenty one, where where you know Paris had played at the mm-hmm. at the Ryder Cup of Wrestling Straits and had a great year, and um, I fully expected twenty twenty two to be a little bit quieter because it just you know golf's very cyclical, I and, mean, you know, you and I have talked about that, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken about that with, with Mike Walker and, and Sean Foley and Mark Blackburn, you know, you, you've got spells when you're working with these players where, for one thing, one reason or another, the stars collide and everything goes well, and you're going to have times where, you know, players don't play so well, and that's just form, and that's the, you know, that's the, mm-hmm. the golf world, and um, so, you know, I, I kind of reflected, I guess, on this year, you know, how much you know, how much coaching am I doing and how much actual mechanical work am I doing and trying to get, you know, get better at knowing when to employ those two slightly different skill sets. I think I, I probably relied a little bit too much um, over the last 18 to 24 months on my coaching kind of acumen, you know, cheerleading mm-hmm. and making sure people were in the right head spaces and trying to make sure people were, were preparing properly. And I, I, I I think I probably moved away a little bit from, you know, really trying to get people to move the golf club exactly the way I wanted them to move the golf club. And I guess with, you know, seeing how Brian, for example, has um, progressed through adhering to some fairly strict sort of systematic work with his with his golf swing and his, you know, the, the training aids that he uses and the alignment stuff that he's, he's done, you know, has helped me see that, you know, if you have those, you know, if you have those benchmarks really set up and and structured well so that people are you know they're really getting to move in the right direction you know i think you can ultimately have have more success you know we we joked with a player yesterday about you know if you're really positive and you're swinging badly you're still going to score badly and you could be swinging great and really negative and you're going to score badly so you've got to do a load of things well um but ultimately i think um as i reflect on this year being able to you know maybe be a little bit tougher on myself about getting them to to move the golf club and move their bodies the way i want them to move their bodies i think that's probably a, a goal in going forwards and you know the the end of the year it's you, you see them coming in and they're uh, they're trying to get in with their trainers and they're trying to you know, some of them are trying to gain some weight some of them are trying to lose some weight they're really wanting to get back to their their kind of their fighting weights uh and moving forwards uh, they want to spend a bit of time with their families they've They've got a, a an opportunity, a little bit of an opportunity to do so, and and you're really just in a situation where you're you're on call when you're needed, and uh, you know Harris English works, he works his tail off. You know he's got a mm-hmm. you know a, a lovely family coming up, and he's he, he'll be moving house here on the island uh, in the near future, but you know he's still in there in, in the gym five days a week, working on his game four to five days a week, and and, and ready to go. Uh, Brian's taken. You know, a little bit of time away, I think it's uh, it's very healthy that, you know, he's had a lot to reflect on and we've done a few a, a few bits and pieces of work. He played nicely in the Bahamas um, and, uh, you know, I know that uh, he's very much looking forward to the start of the year and, and we're actually going to accompany him to the Dubai Desert Classic. I haven't been back to Dubai since I left there five years ago, so I'm really, really looking forward to go back, seeing some old, uh, old friends and see, seeing some of the facilities I I, you know, worked out and, and worked, um, alongside, you know, for over the years I was there. So I'm, I'm excited to be doing that in the middle of January.
0: Another one I thought that was impressive that you put up there, I'm stealing shit from your Instagram, but you had a before and after from January a year ago to now with Will Gordon, it was pretty, pretty different. So I think that, um, you know, you, obviously while you go through phases where you've got to be more of a coach or a cheerleader deal with headspace you've obviously gotten some structural and mechanical things done through the years through the year i thought that was a pretty telling picture there and 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 a really nice job of some stuff you guys have done there
1: well thank you thank you for that i mean the 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 pictures i could probably describe the you know watching him in palm springs very very explosive incredible incredibly Mm -hmm. talented player but you know, will's always had a had a, had a slight um, left shoulder issue. He tends to, if his body's going to break down, it probably breaks down in his left shoulder first and foremost. And I think, you know, you've seen Tony. They'll they'll all have their own sort of patterns with their mm-hmm. their physicality. But when he, uh, you know, when when he is able to work that shoulder and really get um, plenty of mobility through the, you know, the pec minor at the uh, and all through the front of the shoulder and then really get into the the serratus and get into the, the stability within the the whole sort of shoulder joint, he, he tends to start to really move, you know, move the club through plane an awful lot better. And his, his shoulder blade won't wing and, and rise as much. And you're probably looking at those pictures, you can see a much more kind of stable on plane looking mm-hmm. position, if you like for the top of the backswing than, than he was in Palm Springs. And I think, you know, he, he is certainly one that I look at and I kind of go, well, you know very explosive hits the golf ball an awful long way and you know if he can if he can get it if he can get it moving through a really good line um it's going to take a lot of the guesswork out of his kind of his mechanics and then you sometimes wonder well you know if there if there are parts of the golf swing that they're having the time up and having to compensate for you know how much mental kind of stress does that bring you know and it's uh so it's always a double-edged sword but yeah he's he's certainly one that um, we're very proud to have him at Sea Island and uh, myself we've got a new short game teacher called David David errington who um, also helps Matthew Fitzpatrick with his short game and he's been around a lot of excellent coaches and you know uh, he's been helping well with uh, with the, the, the short game side of things which um, you know I'm happy to say is really
0: kind of moving in the right direction and you know he, he may be one to look for in, in 2024. Yeah. He's a very explosive and, and obviously great changes. You talked a lot. You've, you've talked a lot to be honest through the last you know year or so when we would just chit chat on the phone, other than talking about wine and stuff that's important, but talking about, you've talked about the shoulder when you, so when you're working with somebody like Will on the, on the, how, how do you make those changes with what his shoulder does? You talked about, winging and stuff like that what are some of the things that you would do to approach that or and and how did you get to the you know how'd you get to the point without giving away all your trade secrets obviously like how did you figure that out well i mean you know i've learned from a lot of great sources in the game of golf
1: i mean i think pete khan is probably one of the more tactically minded golf coaches and, mm-hmm. and he's extremely gifted with a short game which is interesting because he gets less technical with the short game it's kind of more um it's more along the lines of if the golf ball is lying like this and you need it to you need to hit it like this and it needs to move through the air like this and needs to have this amount of spin on it this is the shot you need to play um so i think that the theorizing of the golf swing um would probably have been done with some of the you know some of the learning from kind of his source like deep deeply technical things kevin duffy who's a great teacher mm-hmm. um physical therapist, really uh, strength coach type uh, space on the European tour. And I, I've known Kevin for many years and Marnus and Marnus Maurice, who's uh, we worked with for Louis for a long time. And, you know, all of those guys kind of, we, we recognize that, you know, if the, if the, if the golfer is a, is a car and the body is the engine and the wheels are the, the wheel is the, the club head, the, the chassis that's going to drive the, the energy from the engine to the wheel is really going to be the shoulder girdle and the way the shoulders can, can can move through space. It's a very very multifunctional joint. It's probably the most multifunctional joint in the human human body. So, if the shoulder movement or the shoulder uh, physicality is incorrect, either too mobile or stiff, stable, injured, um, then you're going to get a situation where the where the golfer is not going to be able to move the club as well. And you know, I certainly look at the you know the shoulder the the, the lead shoulder movement from a perspective of you know, kind of like a, a a left-handed backhanded frisbee throw, and how that you know how that's able to kind of move through space and rotate, and what the shoulder blade would be doing, and and what the shoulder inside the joint would be doing, allowing the you know the forearm in that in that regard to sort of pronate and put the left wrist into a position a correct position at the top of the backswing, and how that would uh, allow the body to then to to then unwind that energy, and you know I think we probably uh, in, our, in our instruction world, we probably look at the trail shoulder mechanics um, more so than the lead shoulder mm-hmm. mechanics, but they're, they're equally important. And, and certainly in Will's case, uh, his lead shoulder is the one that experiences some discomfort from, you know, kind of the middle of his neck down through his upper trap. And, you know, sometimes that, that might radiate down through, you know, the, 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 by the backside of his, of his, uh, his shoulder um, blade on the left-hand side. Um, so you know, I think I've had to kind of get into that world, and certainly circling back to Pete Kyn, and Pete was one of the first ones to really, you know, start to look at, you know, exactly how those how those joints were moving, and how the the shoulders and elbows would kind of collaborate to keep the club moving in a in a very sort of supported way through uh, through the the latter half of the backswing, and then once that big change of direction happens, it has to, you know, has to obviously shallow the club a little bit but keep the keep the club in good position. So. I still, you know, I'm learning all the time, Tony, and I know you and I've had conversations about the fact that it's been very difficult to get 3D, uh, really accurate 3D data on mm-hmm. on shoulder movement, and I think that um, I think we're moving in in that direction in our um, in our world, and uh, the better we can see what the most elite level players do, then the uh, the better we're we'll be going to be able to train it.
0: That's for sure. One of my one of my goals this year for 24. I was sitting the other night having a glass of wine. I know that shocks you. Um, and I was writing down the things that I want to get better at in 24, and do. And one of the things was was doing more with 3D in 24. I've not dab. I, to, I did a little bit of it down at Doral where they had, uh, you know, where they had gears and the you know time I've been over with you. And obviously, I've talked to Michael Neff several times and been around it. But I want to I, I want to dip my dip my toe a little more in that this year and and mm-hmm. find out. You know, if some of the hunches or the things that I think might be happening are happening, you know.
1: Good, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a. Uh, I think it's a it's a necessary part of our world now to kind of understand that a little better. If you if look into the golf swing on video is like an X ray machine, and looking at the golf swing in three D is is like an MRI machine. So if
0: we're really going to understand that. You know, we need to kind of know what's going on inside. We, you know, and, and go into transition to another thing here. Um, You got, you know, one of the things that strikes me when I look at your stable of players is you've got players at different stages of their career and stages of their life. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and that, you know, to me, that's a challenging position to be in. I can remember when I was, you know, I'd had a bunch of young guys and all of a sudden I had Lucas Glover, you know, when I worked with him for a period of years, like, and they had people in different and it was challenging, but I learned a lot from doing that you know, uh, how do you, how do you handle folks at different stages of their lives and career? Like Will Gordon's in a different place than Louie, right? You know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and how do you, how do you, and what have you learned from dealing with folks at different stages of their career and, and where they are? Well, I think you've got to study, you've got to have a, have an interest and you've got to study human
1: beings. And, um, you know, recently, you know, for me, this is very, very important information. It might be a little bit out there for for some of us thinking about golf, but you know, I, I learned recently that when a when a male um, gets a mate in a female, the the male testosterone level drops a little bit, and when he marries a female, it drops a little more, and when he has his first child, it drops a little more, and um, you know, you find that as as people and you know, many of my clients are males as they go through those different cycles of life from being a a bullish college player just getting out on tour to you know having their girlfriend who maybe becomes their wife to having children they they are going through different you know obviously they're aging a little bit but Mm -hmm. they're going through different um stages of life and that is um financially hormonally so you've got to study human beings Mm -hmm. you've got to have an interest in, in what's happening with human beings and then from there you can you, know, you can kind of get take your best guess of how to behave when you're when you're around them obviously the the way you teach a, an established 35 year old player is very different to the way you're going to speak to a you know a 21 year old player you know the 35 the year olds players have probably already had a couple of coaches they probably know mm-hmm. um, maybe more than they should and they, they, they need a, a comprehension and um, an understanding of of something in a way that a you know a 21 year old player just wants to be told, do that and it'll go that direction and it'll go fast and all right i'll just keep doing that again so you know it's it's being able to manage your communication style a little bit and maybe understand you know i, I kind of vaguely remember when i was 21 and i i vaguely remember when you know cheryl had our first daughter and, and all of those the ways that was feeling and i suppose that's you know part of the experience that we have to try and
0: um, keep bringing with us to the job I mean, I just was thinking while you were talking, I've had four wives and a kid. I mean, JP, I probably got no testosterone left. I'm probably, I probably got boobs growing here. (laughs) Well, hopefully not, Tony, but, um, you know, it's,
1: it, it is, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. And you, you know, you see it. There was a, there was an old South African psychologist who worked in a European tour. And he got, he had a, I can't remember his name, forgive me. And he had me reading a book called The, I think it was the, the eight stages of human existence or eight stages of life. And it was very, mm-hmm. you know, it was interesting. It was like, you know, we, we come in and we're childlike and then we, you know, we go through puberty and we're adolescents and we're this and that. And it was very, it was very interesting. It was basically saying, you know, pretty much every five to eight years, you're almost a completely different version of yourself. There's a lot of truth in that. So you got to kind of just judge how you're going to train people and how you're going to get the most
0: out of these athletes uh, when they're in those different stages. Do you sit down with each player this time of year? And, you know, I know different players are different as far as goal setting, but do you do a – do you review the year with each of them? To, or And how do you approach setting goals or what you, you know, what you want for the next year? How, how do you handle that and, and what are some of the key – and, you know, what are you looking to start the year out and to make – to get everybody off on the, you know, cause obviously the better they start off with a year. And I think that with the tour going to more of a calendar year, it kind of helps a little bit. So the fall, you know, um, that transition doesn't want yeah, as much. I but think like, when
1: you're, I think when you're working with players, I think it's very important to realize that relative to their, the way they interpret information, if they're, they're you know, like their whole career. And then this last 12 months is laid out in front of them. You know, sometimes they can they can perceive things like negatively and things. So so I'll always I'll always try and um, encourage them to embrace the goals that we would want to put in front of them and help them to understand how how in achieving those goals they will achieve a level of play that would make them very proud. So whether that's a player who you know has never made Eastlake before, or whether it's a player who's who's looking to keep their card, or whether it's somebody who you know, might have the capacity to win three or four times. It's like, well, look, I think if you do these putting drills and you really stick to this, and I think if we can if we can shave half a stroke off your your short game numbers and then you can be a little bit better at flighting mid-irons into the wind, you know, we can we can get from, you know, you gaining 0. 0.4 of a stroke, which is a, you know, keep your card, finish in the top 125, whatever that means these days, I don't know, um, <laughs> to g- gaining a full stroke on the field, which means you're going to, you know, potentially start knocking on the door being a top 25 player in the world, like, you try, you try and excite them with the process as opposed to, you know, well, you didn't do this very well and you didn't do this very well and, you know, maybe we do that a little bit. You know, I always try and, you know, get them excited about the idea that, you know, goodness, if, if I do this, I could, you know, I could have a monster year and, um, you know, again, everyone's a little bit different. Some of them are a wee bit more studious and they want to know about the numbers and they want to break down things a bit more um, and others would prefer not to know a great deal but just to, Maybe have an understanding as to well you're working on this because I want this to get better and that's that. So uh, yeah, we you know I've I've been through through a little bit with, with that with them. I mean um, Harris is trying to he's working really hard on, on being a better wedge player and being able to flight um, some mid to short irons a little bit better for like back flags and spin control and things like that. He's done good with that. Um, I would say that you know we know with Will Gordon was eighth in greens and regulation last year, so he's an extremely you know, accomplished ball striker, and if he uh, if he's a good year around the greens and on the greens, and continues to grow as a as a ball striker, he's going to uh, he's going to have a big upside. And you know, of course, with we could see through through the last couple of years as as Brian Harmon has, you know, really had the sort of success that we all knew he was going to have at some point or another. Mm-hmm. That he's going to be, you know, a continued part of his off season work. You know, you've got to continue to gain a little bit of weight put on some muscle let's you know get a little bit more ball speed squeeze the the ball speed keep improving your irons you know he's, he's he's gaining on gaining on the field in iron play um which is kind of that's where i feel like if we were just black and white statistically speaking he's become a little bit of a better iron player um over the last sort of three or four years mm-hmm. um, which has allowed him to show off his remarkable skills around the greens and, and on the grains and you know he continue. He's going to continue to put the ball in play, and if he if he irons it well, and you know does his short game work and putts decent, he'll he'll be
0: a, a real threat in a lot of different go- courses. How do you? <clears throat> is it hard to motivate a player that's won their first major, had a monster year, and then kind of wants to take? I mean, is is that is that difficult, or just by the n- nature of the way guys that are at that level and wired, not that hard to do?
1: But I think going back to the start of our conversation, you know, Butch has been a a great support to me, and I called him, and you know, it's the, he, you know, I've worked for Darren Clark mm-hmm. and Louis, who, you know, both won the Open, uh, you know, and a few players who, who've done some big things. But you know, well, to, to being as close to someone who's who's done something like that, and Butch said, look, you know, he's going to have a lot of distractions, he's going to have a little bit less time, and you know, you've got to, you've also got to kind of be patient with them as well. It's, you know, and as much as Brian would love to have done really well at the in the Bahamas. Um, you know that's no, no longer going to change the course of the next 12 months of his career. were, were he to win the, the Hero. So we're in a situation now really where we, we want to start to prepare him to, you know, to, to really perform well in some of the bigger events. And you know they they come. You know all the events are big nowadays. But you know you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. You know he's he's been good at the Players Championship over the last few years he's been really you know he's done well in the masters a couple of times he clearly has a type of game on links courses that can that can be really really effective at the open championship and he drives it straight enough to do well in the US open and you know so it's you know you've got to you've got to give them a little bit of rope and and, and let them come to you when they need to and when the time's right to, uh, to to knuckle them down then you've got to tell them and I think if you try and knuckle them down all the time especially when they've you know they've kind of deservedly earned the opportunity to have a little bit of rest and reflection, um, then you're probably misjudging the situation and he'll, you know, he'll sharpen out through, you know, through the new year. And once he gets to Hawaii, um, I know he likes the, you know, he likes the Sony event. And then I would say by the time we get to Dubai, we'll be able to, you know, sit down and get a little bit of a clearer plan for, you know, how the, uh, how the run up to the players championship of the masters are going to look.
0: When is Dubai this year? Uh, 18th to 21st of January. Oh wow! So coming up pretty soon. You're headed. <clears throat> you're headed coming in second class. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's got to be. It's got to be cool for you too, to have the opportunity to go back over there after. You know, I mean, basically that's where your career really took off, right? And and yeah. to have the opportunity. And and from the little bit you've told me about, I mean, like it obviously has grown and changed a bunch over there. I'm sure since you were there five years ago as well.
1: You know, it's an ever-changing place. It's a, you know, again going back to the younger teachers. It was, I was very fortunate to get to get across there when I was sort of 28, 29 years old. And it's a fast-paced, um, entrepreneurial, amazing, vibrant city with people from all over the world. And uh, I was very fortunate to to be there for 13 years. And you know, I learned an awful lot about the world and learned an awful lot about people. Um, yeah you know i i was able to to tell people kind of like formally this week that i was going to go back there so i'm really excited i go back to to, to see the guys at claude's perform the ch3 performance academy mm-hmm. so it's not called at the Els club um you know see my friends at emirates golf club see the um the the staff at emirates golf club who we always knew from from desert classic maybe go up to jumeirah golf estates and see the Um, see the gang up there and um, you know I've got a lot of friends who are still there some some guys who travel to the states and come out and play golf whenever it's a little bit too hot here in the summer so it'll be really cool to to catch up with them I think my old friend Bob Childs um, from the House of Fleming who makes the belts I think Bob might go he used to come visit me every every January and he said well you know if I can if I can make enough on belts to pay for the for the Emirates airline ticket I might make it make a go of it and I said okay we can sell a few belts when we're um, when we're over there to, to some people, but, um, you yeah, know, we're, we're pretty excited to go there and I'm very proud to be going there with the, the current open champion. I think we're going to take the, the Clara jug with us, Are you really? Um, which would be a, be a thrill as well. Yeah. I think Jeremy and I are going to go. So I think we'll, uh, we'll take the jug,
0: take that, the jug with us. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a cool story. Well, first of all, congrats on such a great year. I mean, it's been fun to watch, you know, I've been pulling for you and, uh, I don't have any doubts you guys, uh, that uh, your group of guys will have a great 24 and looking forward to the opportunity to hang out with you some, uh, at a few tournaments this year as well.
1: Well, I hope so, Tony. It's been, uh, it's always been a lot of fun. and I know you're going to have you know, a load of guys, um, coming in. I know Andy Ogletree, that's been an amazing turnaround. You've had with him, you know, really dominant performance to be, And um, forgive me if I'm getting it wrong, Asian tour, uh, order of merit champion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we're gonna we're gonna see him at some majors and things like that, and you and I'll definitely get the chance
0: to uh get get the chance to hang out. You know, and 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 to wrap it up with that, you know, you brought he really bought did what you were talking earlier about the guys where he bought into the process and was willing to stick with his couple things all year, you know, or for Mm eighteen months basically. And I think that's a great lesson for for coaches and teachers and players out there. I mean. When you stop and you look at the majority of the like when I talk to teachers and people like you and you talk about a success story like where a guy's got on a run, I mean that seems to be like something common. everybody says, "Well, I mean the guy just really bought in or the girl really brought bought in and just stuck with those things they needed to do long enough to get it done
1: yeah there's no there's no doubt i mean there's there's something in there in like doing it to doing it to a point where you don't know how to do it any different. And I think that's kind of like a permanence with things. And if it's just the same two or three things that you're doing all the time, and they're clicked into, all right, this this is working for the way you move. This is working for the physics of the golf swing. And now you do you can do them automatically. Then I think you can go out there and, and have success. And as you and I both know, you know a lot of these people that we're talking about, you know they they were great college players. You know they were great players when they first got out on tour. There's been You know, Andy is a player who, you know, we fully expected him to have the sort of success that he's now having, but finding a way to help bring that success out of them is, uh, is a thrilling and, uh, satisfying part of what we do. And I know you, uh, you share that with me and that's something I think that, um, that, that's probably the reason why we get up in the morning and and do it.
0: No question about it. Well, first, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. This will play after Christmas, but, uh, I appreciate all the the help, all the friendship this past uh, couple years and this year in particular, and, man, just happy for you and enjoy a little time off, and we'll look forward to catching up with you soon, bud.
1: On to you and all the guys listening. Cheers, Tony.
0: I hope you enjoyed this edition of The Tour Coach and this conversation that we brought to you about playing, learning, and teaching the game of golf. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Tour Coach. In between now and next week, make sure you follow us on our social channels. You can always find me at the Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to our YouTube page where you'll see a scene and a video from my teachings daily on our YouTube channel. You can find that by looking up Tony Ruggiero and the Dew Sweepers on YouTube. Until then, make sure you follow and check out Everything Tour Coach and all our sponsors, Trickshawn Cleveland Golf, Bushnell, Vineyard Vines, and Buick GMC. I'll be back next week to help all of us appreciate, learn, and enjoy the game of golf. Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero. And look, recently, several teachers I know and several players have had some scares with skin cancer. In fact, I recently went and saw a dermatologist here in town, and I had a couple things frozen off. Eyelid, my face, my earlobe, and not getting any younger. And I know I know, it's getting to that time of the season where it's cooler. But look, being in the sun is a real deal. And I've not been very good, to be totally honest, my whole career using it at all because I didn't like how greasy it was how hard it was to get off your hands, how it clogged up my pores. And then I found this sunscreen, Visor Skin Care. It's clear. It goes on. It doesn't dry you out. It isn't greasy. It's like you didn't put anything on. By far, it's the best sunscreen I've ever used. Without a doubt, it's the easiest to use. And we've got a discount code for all of you. All you have to do is go to visorskincare.com, use our code word, Dew Sweeper, visorskincare.com, code word Dew Sweeper.